Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, my guest this week, you may have seen him backing up The Rock at the University of Miami, or you've seen him on Comics Unleashed, really acting out his jokes <laughs> as he got out of the chair. Now, <laughs> one year on SNL, right? One or two? Three. Three years on yeah. SNL. My fault. Damn. I just butchered everything. I'm sorry about that. You saw him in a <laughs> golf movie that nobody saw. That, well, that is true. <laughs> The DVD, Mitchell. The, the DVD of Who's Your Caddy did way more. You know, I auditioned for that. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I was bitter because I go, they just offered it to people? Bro, this is this homeboy, Don May, hit me up and just said, Finesse, I'm such a big fan. I got a movie called Who's Your Caddy. I would love for mm -hmm. you to be in it. I said, okay. He said, but here's the thing. Um, we don't have a part for you, but if you just come down, you can say whatever you want to say in the movie, but you're part mm -hmm. of a clique. And I was like, well, who's the click? And he says, big boy from... I said, done. I'll do it. It Was was it Faison? Was Faison, it? Sherry Shepard, uh, Terry Crews. And then uh, the guy, Cam, this guy went on to be in a, the, wolf, the wolf movies versus the vampire movies. What was that? Twilight? Like, he had oh, a good yeah, diverse yeah, yeah. crowd. Remember Twilight was the shit back yeah. in the day? <laughs> yeah, Twilight was good, <laughs> man. Yeah, it came in. It was like three huge seasons and then like bounced or something. But that was a huge show. So, yeah. That hit a, that that came just at the right time. There wasn't any genre like that. Yeah, those I saw like one guy died like a couple months ago. That was in Twilight. He was in mm -hmm. like one scene, mm -hmm. but they made it sound like the lead of the movie passed away. Right, because they was like, "Yo, you so and so from Twilight," and then they played a scene. I go, "Yeah, like one line." <laughs> not to disregard anybody right, dying, right? But I hope that's not my legacy when I pass. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right. That'd be like the equivalent of being like. You, you see that me. You've seen him in Held Up. Gary <laughs> on from Held Up. Be like, what? I used to hear you say that movie all the time. Um, I tried to book you. My very first experience with Gary Owen is calling your manager wife at the time and saying, how much does Gary cost? I would like to book him for a comedy show. Because uh, I don't know if you remember that company, CC. What was Chris Smith's company before he went to CAA? Oh. I mean, I mean, before he went to ICM. You talking about when it was on uh, Sunset? That international that had all the BET comics. Yeah, all of them. In well, not innovative. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, too. something creative. It. Something in the. God damn it! I can't remember artists. But um, so it was it was the BET roster or whatever. So mm -hmm. that was in talking with her, and she was very professional. And told me a rate, and we were trying to work it out, and then something happens. And no, I remember what happened. Oh, okay, I told her you need to tell that guy, and I didn't really know you like that. I mm -hmm. said, do not book that show that mm -hmm. day because Tyson was fighting Holyfield. You, bro, I told her. Why do don't... I remember that like yesterday? Yeah, I, said, and I, I told was like Kenya go he twenty don't want years day. ago. Yeah, I said he don't want that date, and she goes, huh? I go, Tyson's fighting Holyfield that night. I go, you don't want to do a comedy show tonight. Damn, there's a Super Bowl of boxing. Right. And I think you moved the date. You saved my ass. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely, because I definitely didn't do the date that day. And, I, and it was stuff like that that I didn't even think of as a promoter. I just know that, you know, I wanted to get into a promotion. I had a gang of money at the time, and I was like, I'm about to start taking these guys on the road. Knowing that eventually I wanted to be on stage, I wasn't on stage yet, but I figured if I got to know y'all, uh -huh. I could pull the Matt Rife, so to speak, when you come to, like, Ohio. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to get to know these comics, and then by the time I'm really ready to get in, they know me. So So yeah. you started as a promoter? I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, was it Finesse Incorporated? From, was it was it called? called Comedy Novas. It was uh, out of Atlanta, Georgia, and um, the whole BET thing was hot, 
And I, I knew I think I wanted to be a comic. I knew I thought I wanted to be a comic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, I, but I wanted to definitely promote and uh, you know make money in a, in a field that I loved at the time. So now that's how, how did, I started. Now I remember just I always say like comedians were like in frats. Mm-hmm. Like my frat would be like the '98 to 2002 years was my college years of comedy. Mm-hmm. Some people hit earlier, some people hit later, but you were in that frat. Mm-hmm. With D Ray and Cat mm-hmm. and Kevin and all those guys from that, you know, because you go to improv or you go to Laugh Factory, you got the lineup, right? And you got the list. You were your you name was always it. on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I never knew you was a promoter first, but when would you say was SNL like your break? SNL was the big break for me. The way Tony Rock said it on my podcast, every break is a good break. Every break, every break, every yes gets you to the next yes or no, but at least you're still in it because you see a little progress. Mm -hmm. SNL was that huge crossover break, that huge Mm -hmm. mainstream break, but BET Comic View for me, bro, when you don't know anything, you Mm -hmm. just want to be on television, that was it for me. Yeah, The whole story of finesse, you're not on the show, you're going to be an alternate. So you wait in the room with 20 other comics, and if somebody drop off, we'll choose from the 20. Yeah. And sure enough, bro, my, my first inaugural Comic View year was 99 in Atlanta with Ricky Smiley being the host. And I think him and Henry Welch out of Atlanta, Atlanta legend, he got in, they get it, got into it, even though I think uh, Henry out of Birmingham. Oh, no, Ricky's out of Birmingham. But anyway, at, Henry no, Welch. No, they were out of, both out of Birmingham. They were both out of Birmingham. But they both cut their teeth, so to speak, in, in Atlanta. Atlanta. Right. And they, I think they fell out. And uh, next thing you know, they came in the room and they were like, also, Ricky was hosting. Henry mm-hmm. was on the show. Mm-hmm. They got in an argument. Yeah. And then you got on the show? I got on the show because I think Henry Welch was no longer going to be on that show. Wow. Yeah. So that was, my, that was my break. That was my break. Just Tony Spires out of the Bay coming into the BET Comic View room saying, uh, Finesse, I saw your tape. Tell your family you're on tonight. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, was you a was you a suit comic then? Bro, All I the guys a, when they first get there, they wear suits. I had on a salmon, salmon <laughs> ass shirt. All salmon. I ain't one pink. Pink. It was salmon. Yeah, man. To this day, I felt like that set was a legend because the way I had wrote the jokes were I knew Comic View had those different categories that they like to break up and show people in. Mm-hmm. So I made a whole set that would have something to fit each category. And sure enough, off that one set in my inaugural year, my first year, that thing spread like wildfire because by the time they showed everybody, then they started talking about bad kids. Then they started talking about teachers. Then they started talking about broke Mm -hmm. people, drug dealers. I had a joke for all that shit. So I was always in these snippets. Mm. And that's how I was like, and I ain't know no better. I'm like, L.A., here I come. I'm on my way. So you you was living in Atlanta then? Yeah, absolutely. So I, because it's funny you say that because I think I remember similar. I didn't write jokes According to, they didn't wasn't doing that the first year I did Comic View, mm-hmm. but I just remember the DVD came out, and they used one of my jokes on the DVD. Mm-hmm. So when the commercial was running on on not just Comic View, the mm-hmm. commercial was running all day on BET. Right. So every day that brothers got the West Side trailer parks, we got double wide. Right. That's where everybody got to know that joke. It wasn't from the set. It right. was from every show. They was pumping that DVD. That was and I was it. like, they only showed like two of us. Right. It was like me and I think Cheryl Underwood had a joke or something. And it was just like, boom, boom. And I noticed I started to get booked. Right. And then I became the host. And then everything else kind of took off from there. 
did you get flack for that in a way that it happened that quickly that you was the host or were you like mm -hmm. hell yeah i'm ready to host like i wasn't i look back like every now and then somebody will post something off a of vcr i don't know if it's on vcr <laughs> but i cringe at some of my sets back then and right. you know they hired me writers they hired three writers and i fired two of them okay and because I got set up, I, I, it was a weird feeling. I feel like they were setting me up to fail, the writers, because I was like, I'm not going to say that. And you're so new, right. you're so young, you feel like everybody has your best interest. Right. Just like I thought everybody got along. Right. Talk about Ricky and Henry. Mm -hmm. I thought all comedians were great with each other, and we just cut up and laugh and root for each other. Right. I was like, whoa, I didn't right. realize it was like this. Right. I look back at those sets when I was hosting, I'm like, wow, mm -hmm. what was I thinking? And those writers, I'll never forget... When I knew I, this one, I fired everybody, fired right. the writers. I was uh, my wardrobe guy, Perry White, mm -hmm. who's a great stylist. He was caught in traffic bringing my clothes. Okay. And I'm like, how does, first of all, I was like, how does that happen? Why aren't the clothes here already? Right. Um, but, anyways, they're like, hey, we got to get the shows running. They weren't going to wait. How do you not wait on the host? I don't know. <laughs> and we got to get to school, man, because, you know, they were doing like 18 episodes a day. Right. And they go, uh, we're going to start the show, mm -hmm. and then we're going to say you were running late. Mm -hmm. Your wardrobe guy's black. And I go, I don't, I don't want to say that. Right, right. I don't want to be like <laughs> feed into stereotypes like that. And they go, no, no, no. Ronaldo's getting them set up. We got them all primed. They're ready, man. We got this audience ready to go. Mm -hmm. Finesse. When I walked out there, and I go, yeah, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> you know, my wardrobe guy's black, so he was in the car running late. <laughs> the whole crowd went, what do you think? Huh? And I what? went, Oh fuck! I just got people, set people, up. People did do it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I came back to the trailer and said, uh, "Everybody's gone. I don't want to see nobody." People who didn't even really hear what you said, they were like, "Hey, come here. Let me tell yeah, you yeah. what you said. Let me tell you what I heard." I was hot. They never aired that episode. I, uh, to my knowledge, they didn't air it. But I remember as soon as I said, it, "I go." There's been two times in my mm -hmm. career, and I'll, I'll ask you if you ever regret it not following your gut and listening to other people. That and Montreal. Did you ever do Montreal? Yeah. Did you New Faces? Yeah, absolutely. I bombed uh -huh. on New Faces because I spent all those months getting ready for that six, five, six-minute set. And then when I got there to Montreal, I went, oh, this ain't, they ain't going to get these jokes. Right. And, and then, you know, you're all like point of view setting up for a TV show. And I go, my gut said, bail, talk about some Montreal shit or just get them on your side. And I remember my agent at the time was like, no, no, Gary, don't worry mm -hmm. about the crowd. Mm -hmm. we, got, we got all these TV execs here. They're here to see this set. We're setting up the TV show. Mm -hmm. And I go, all right, you know better than me. Right. Crickets for five minutes. I didn't mm -hmm. get a chuckle. And I remember I walked back to the hotel for two miles. Mm -hmm. Didn't catch a cab. And I go, I'm out. Didn't even know TV execs. And I was like this. Between the, that incident on Comic View... And Montreal, which is basically six, seven months apart, they both happened. Right. Those two, I, I think I learned more from those two instances mm -hmm. than I have anything else. I said, I don't give a fuck. I'm sticking to my gut right. on this shit. Right. How was your, your Montreal Man, experience? dope. <laughs> you fucking dick. <laughs> dope as shit. <laughs> what year was it? My shit was fire. Um, I had a, I think mine was like 2002-ish, 2003-ish. Maybe I know there was one when I did 2003, but my first new faces, it was it was it was pretty great because I just had this bit at the time, this crouching tiger, hidden. Yeah, I remember that bit. joke. 
black people finding out they had to read in the movie that have subtitles back mm -hmm. then it was kind of like not so politically sensitive and well, everybody I felt the same way and I'm white everybody did I, yeah. <laughs> I was like this what the fuck is I can't concentrate I know right that <laughs> shit was fire bro and it was a whole bit it was me inside the Magic Johnson Theater being like seven people at one time I was my two ghetto girlfriends Appreciante and Farrah Jaca my name was Starkeisha the, the uh the I was the the white dude in front of us telling us to <clears throat> you know, I mean I had that whole <clears throat> I mean I had this whole shtick that was so popular that that was also my SNL audition mm -hmm. and then when they saw that they were like yeah we don't f fantasy what's his name how you say it finesse F fin finesse yes we would like for you to do that in front of Lauren Michaels I'm like, so yeah. so new faces mm -hmm. was where you got the SNL audition new faces is when all of a sudden, I was being considered for Fox to do something. And Wanda Sykes had a show at the time, and they were also looking for somebody to just be a character on that show, be a person on that show. And, uh, and right, it all just kind of, you're thinking, oh, I got this, I'm about to have this deal with 20th Century Fox. You know how they was giving out deals back then, and all of a sudden, the SNL auditions were going on, and that started to happen, and I got closer and closer, and I'm like, wait a minute. So this is getting serious. And the next thing I know, six, seven people, and it was me, D-Ray, Kel Mitchell, J.B. Smoove, uh, Keenan Thompson. To, I, to so they were clearly looking for a black guy. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> we were looking for the new black guy to replace Tracy, Tracy and Dean Edwards. And, uh, and me and Keenan ended up getting that joint. But, yeah, that was all around the same time. So for me, once I kind of got cooking and hot on stage and we didn't have the social media like we got it now, so, you know, wherever somebody saw you live and you killed it, that's what was going on. And, and the next thing I know, I just walked into a position. Comedy is timing, man. You know that timing. Oh, yeah. You never know what's coming. For opportunities. Because mm -hmm. I be hearing people say, you know, I hear all the time, yeah, you know, this amount of followers is going to get this, you know, response from the industry where I'll set this type of deal and that type of deal. Definitely with branding. But when it just comes to FaceTime and television, to me, that's still a timing thing because it's about openings. It's not mm -hmm. about who's super hot, but who's super hot, and then we don't have no nothing at 8.30 on a Tuesday. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what people have to realize about the industry. That part is still the same. Mm -hmm. You know, people talk all the time about how, um, you know, I would rather pod. You know, I saw your pod, so I started my pod understanding this. I saw your pod. I'm letting you know face-to-face. -face, I'm stealing some of your graphics. Like, the way you do it, I'm going to change mm -hmm. the color and everything. But that's cool if I, that's like, fine. that's fine. Okay. You can't have bingle shit, though. No, I, no, not that. No, I'm talking about your graphics. Shit. And uh, yeah, I mean, just the, way you, just the way you did it, I'm sitting up there watching you go from, at first I saw you doing this a couple of times. Mm -hmm. I saw you got real personal and emotional sometimes with, with just personal oh, family stories. Yeah, yeah, you know. Then I see you and Kenya sitting in the kitchen. I'm watching it grow mm -hmm. to... You inspired me. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Because, you know, you got some dope guests, but there are people who are potting that you kind of expect them to pot. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't expect myself to pot. So it, it just made me feel like, you know, Gary's shit is looking good. And I like this and I like that. And, and it's a dope way to just listen to people when you about to hit that 405, you know, because yeah. there's nothing on the radio no more. And I'm not the satellite person other than... So when, to, when I'm hearing these conversations, and it's almost like with that Clubhouse app, it's like shit gets addictive. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like I, I want to listen to this. And so now here I am just like, you know, looking at people who I like and admire and saying, okay, I'm on show 20, but mm. this shit is cracking because the, you being able to say whatever you feel, I'm being able to say whatever I feel, and then 
magic happen. Podcasts are dope because it's uh, it, just being a comedian this day and age. Granted, you still are. There's still like quote unquote the gatekeepers with TV and film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as like now creating your own lane and narrative and building your own fan base, mm-hmm. you can do it more so now than when we first came to LA. We were kind of at the mercy yeah. of TV and film. Like you couldn't, I couldn't just like create my own fan base right. off a podcast or an Instagram or everything. We, we still were like, because we all know funny people that never got their due, so to speak. That day and age, and especially, because I always say even back in 2003, though, people came to us. They came to the cast to say, hey, Ashton Kutcher and this person, this person, is have this joint venture. It's going to be called Twitter. And we want you guys to explain it to us, and we want you guys to, you know, just get on it and then start telling people what you're doing. And like Tina Fey back to, at the time was the matriarch. So everybody's kind of like, yeah, is that cool? And she was like, I ain't doing that shit. You know what I mean? Oh, they it came was, to SNL cast. Yeah, they was just like, you know how they were trying to look for, because they didn't have brand influencers back then. So yeah. they just went to people who were young, hip in the, in the, in the culture, so to speak, mm-hmm. mainstream culture, culture in addition to everybody else, and was like, yo, we want you to get involved in this app. So I knew about it early. But what, that's the one thing circling back to your question about things I regret. I didn't follow my gut. I didn't follow my gut to, to just get the social media thing going as far as like, hey, this is a way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Because back then, we were going to parties and stuff off of that show just on the strength of being on the cast that you're sitting next to like, you're in a circle and everybody's at your table, but it's the who's who of New York because everybody's coming up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Idris is over there DJing. You got Beyonce, Jay Z. Jay Z would be there. My my Jay Z story is this, bro. You know how you act like you you know somebody because you see them mm-hmm. all the time, hear about them all the time. I saw Jay Z in the club. What year? This had Put to be at least two thousand four. Oh, okay. So this is a while, this is a while ago. It was Hard Knock Life post Hard Knock Life. Homie was hot. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I saw Jay Z in the club. And the way the club was in the crowd, we're coming right towards each other and caught him late and looked up and was like, yo, hey. <laughs> like, <laughs> I tried to hug him? I tried to, bro. He caught me off guard when I looked up and saw his face, bro. I got so happy. I was like, hey, man. Bro, when I say that dude caught both my arms. <laughs> like, Jaden? Yeah, yeah, he was just like, dupe. Hey, man, yeah, man, what's up? Everything good? <laughs> Everything good? You good? You straight? Yeah, I'm good, Jake. man. Yeah, oh, woo. <laughs> Keenan was like, yeah, don't touch people. I said, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, shouldn't do that. Shouldn't touch people. <laughs> I, I, okay, a couple, I'm, I'm curious. But what we didn't do, well, you can never do this. You can never out the people you hanging with because it would be the most. Oh, you're talking about with your phone and stuff. Yeah, so it was during that time when they were telling, like, tell people where you are and what you're doing. And then, uh, and then I think even Jay had come out with a song saying it was, you know, we would never do that back in my day. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was coming up in New York City back in that day where it was like, yeah, you don't tell nobody that, you know. So-and-so's with so-and-so. Yeah. You saw him last night. Yeah, you don't you know? do that anyways. You don't yeah. do that anyways. But now, you know, when people walk in, they go straight live on that shit. Oh, them. my God. <laughs> hey! They don't even tell you you own that shit. Hey! Oh, <laughs> so I, was in, I was just in Houston couple months ago and i walked into a restaurant that i did not know houston was wide open like that and i just mm-hmm. said we're, we're what's halfway decent that's open at 11 p.m mm-hmm. let's go to this spot 
So I go there. I I knew we pulled up. I go, oh, fuck. There was valet. I go, there's valet. And then I heard a lot of music. I go, shit, I just want to get something to eat. Mm. And as soon as I walked in that joint, it was like, not pictures, but videos. I go, I don't, I don't <laughs> want beer right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just right. want to get this food. <laughs> right. What am right. I doing here? Now, a question I had about SNL, because I've known you for so long, but I never really got to talk about SNL that much with you, was um, when you're auditioning like that and it gets down to the final six, mm-hmm. do you see the other guys' auditions? Can you hear them? You can hear them sometimes. I got a funny story. Sometimes I tell it. It's 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 um. D. Ray was in the cubicle next to me, so it was a cubicle with a with a partition. This is in Studio Eight H at the SNL audition, and uh, it's true. You go into an empty studio. It's all black. Spotlight is on you. You can't see anybody. It looks like that damn Fame audition from back in the day yeah. with Debbie Allen, and you kind of like, and you see the shadows over there on the table. And they're like, play to the camera. You know, Lauren, play to the camera. And, you know, just go ahead. You have eight minutes. Is it just Enjoy Lauren yourself. Michael? No. So it's about Lauren, it's Lauren Michaels and like five other writers. Mm-hmm. It might be Tina Fey at the time, uh, Higgins, who's uh, Jimmy Fallon, side guy on The Tonight Show, all the producers back then. But it looks like you see, you see the shadows of like a couple of people in the background. You're in an empty studio. So you're just basically going off the cadence from what you know from the stand-up world, from, you know. I know even though ain't nobody laughing, people going crazy right here on this part. So that's mm-hmm. how the, that's the energy I brought. And then you saw the, the cameraman just dying because the bit, the Crouching Tiger bit was so funny. Uh, and they made it into a character, Starkeisha. But uh, the bit was so funny. It was like a can't lose bit. I had perfected like a dope ass bit in the time when somebody was looking for somebody to replace somebody else. And so when I, when I performed that shit and went back to the uh, cubicle, I didn't know who had went before me or who had went after me. And then they came in the room and they were like, yo, Finesse, hey, how you doing? So that was great. So, um, hey, um, so where'd you go to school? And I was like, University of Miami. And I was like, nice, nice, nice. Are you married? I said, no, I'm not married. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so do you have any kids or do you, do you travel back and forth? And I said, no, man, there's no kids. I'm just, you know, stand up. Whatever happens, happens. And they were like, man, that was great. That was amazing. Okay, nice to meet you. Just wanted to meet you. I was like, okay, cool. And they left. And then I heard, Psst. So I'm doing this shit. Psst. yo. And I look. And so just like this wall is divided right here, mm-hmm. there was a crack in the cubicle, and I see this green eye. Oh. <laughs> D-Ray. <laughs> it's D-Ray. And I said, yo, what up, man? I said, did you go yet? You go yet? He's like, yeah, I went. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. He said, yo, but I think you got it. I said, why? Why you say that? He said, because didn't nobody come in here and ask me shit. And I was like, I die laughing. <laughs> die laughing. And uh, true enough, man, that was like my first real job. You know, and then who was your your favorite like special guest when you was on? Bro, uh, of course Janet Jackson to me had the best show in SNL history. Had to be at least top five. You about music or did she do? Sketches? She was she was yeah she was the host and musical guest. Oh wow, top five, bro. Cork Soakers, uh, Starkeisha sketch. We did a reenactment of Good Times. And Condoleezza Rice had gotten in trouble at the time, and so her cold open and was Condoleezza Rice, or monologue was Condoleezza. She she just nailed it, bro, and it was just such a dope show. Um, Other than that, uh, her, Halle Berry, Queen Latifah, I'm going to name all the black hosts. Right, I'm like this. There's a a theme here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, but it it was a dope time, you know? And And then to come off of that show, when I did, when they let me go, I was like, all right, so is the phone going to ring? 
boom, got a call from Who's Your Caddy, dude. He was mm-hmm. like, come do Who's Your Caddy. Now, when he called you, did you say, I just got let go? No. You let it ride? I, yeah. Yeah, you got to let that shit ride. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, but, man, I know you want me, but uh, I'm not on next season. Hey, hey bro, um, so when do you Ooh. shoot? Because that might fall into the dates. I could get there if I had, like, a certain type of transportation at. Yeah. So, yeah, man, but um, so I ended up doing that joint and um, and some other movies and then, you know, went down to Miami, stayed in Miami for a little while. That was my thing. I left SNL and didn't come back to L.A. I went I left SNL in New York and went to Miami and was like, I'm going to buy a house. Yeah. In Miami. In my, so I was in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Miramar, to be exact, the burbs. But uh, I enjoyed it. I was back home from around the people that I went to school with and then... Um, it was a peace of mind because I was burnt out and a little disgruntled from the SNL experience at the end. What goes to your brain when you when they tell you you're not coming back on SNL? You know, for me, it was just like the writings on the wall. I kind of saw it because we heard four shows before the last show. We heard four shows to the end of the season that, yeah, we have 18 people on this cast and they got to let five people go. And I was like, five? Oh, shit. I'm done, done. You know what yeah. I mean? Two black guys, y'all going to let five go? Can't let both of us go because <laughs> Al Sharpton bring his ass up here. But one of you, one of us. And so, you know, I just put two and two together and was just trying to form a game plan. But, yeah, it hurts. It's like uh, breaking up with a girlfriend. It's like breaking up with a girlfriend right when you're starting to listen. Mm. <laughs> How about that? You know what I mean? Right when you're starting to get it. And then she like, you know what? I can't do this no more. You're like, no, for real, for real. No. I'm going to answer my phone. I'm I swear. A, I got some sketches. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to I'm, knock I'm re- off. I'm ready. You know, when I look back at it, it was a big learning experience. It was a big growth experience for me because it was like me going to college in, in the world of comedy to be around those people from such a diverse background. But then the writers were from this, this area and the other people from this. It was just like the saving grace were the celebrities coming in. You know what I mean? You know? Because it's not only that they come to host, but then that week some of their friends come up to hang up. So you hanging with some of everybody. Mm-hmm. You got stories forever. I, you know, I have to. I smoke with Snoop Dogg's story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had a oh, you know, I saw Destiny's Child at the time, and they opened up the door, and they was like trying to get Beyonce's hair together. Yeah. And all I heard was shut the door, and <laughs> you know what I mean. I was there back when Ashley Simpson got caught lip syncing. Yeah. You know what I mean. And when you there, you don't real. you just there. You on the show. You think you're going to be there forever. So when shit like that happened and, you, she, you know, she get busted, but your friends, that's your entourage running around saying, I knew that bitch wasn't singing. I told she wasn't singing. <laughs> you don't realize you're supposed to be like, shh, chill. <laughs> you love there like, yep, yep, I saw it too. You know what I mean? But then you got to realize, yo, man, we a family. We got to insulate each other. Yeah, facts. Yeah, this is our show. Somebody messes up, it ain't they, they messed up, you know, we messed up. There's a lot of stuff you learn in show business late, you know what I mean? But once you learn it and then you combine that with the talent and then you combine that with the connections you've hopefully made throughout your years, mm-hmm. you can go into whatever lane you want to. Because you've been steady work, even at SNL, like, uh, I was talking to Kenya about it, my wife, and I was like, I was, one day she goes, I saw finesse on something. <laughs> and I was like this, I go, I told her, I said, I said, let me tell you something. Kness, fin- Kness. <laughs> Finesse has kind of become the king of saw him on something. <laughs> right. Because you know, I, I had uh, Tone Bell on a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And I want to make sure I was, I'm glad he came on mm-hmm. because I was talking about how when we were coming up mm-hmm. in the 2000s, let's say, 
you know, you got on a sitcom, third, fourth lead, you were mm. good on the road. Right. You were selling tickets. Right. You know, bruh man is still on the road for Martin. <laughs> right. Right? Absolutely. As bruh man. As bruh man. Yeah. From the John Witherspoon for the longest was, yes. well, it was Boomerang, but it was also the Wayans Brothers. Bang, bang. But nowadays, it's not like that, where you not get on a all. sitcom, there's too many options. You better, yeah. you better off being on a reality show. So I told Kenya, go, when she said she saw you, she goes, I was channel surfing. He was on some show where he was the husband. I go, he's become the king of on some show as the husband. Absolutely. I was, man, I was, I was thinking the other day, he, you, know, you know how comics do. I'm taking out the trash, and I got the bathrobe on, and I got the house slippers on, and I'm in the burbs, and I'm taking out the trash. And I just kind of look at my outfit, and I say, you know what? I'm the dad. I'm the mm-hmm. damn dad. Whatever show I thought I was going to get when I'm running through the city with my shirt open, mm-hmm. chasing somebody with a gun, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be on the show with some kids, and that connection of me and kids is always golden, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. somebody's dad. When I did the, um, when I said I moved to Miami, and then I um, came back to L.A., I was in L.A. for like three weeks, and then I booked the Disney Channel. I'm on the ant farm being China McClain's dad. That was probably the one Kenya saw. You know, (laughs) and at the time I tried to tank the audition. I went in there. I saw the who's who of black comics and everybody. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I ain't, I'm not, I mean, I was fresh off of SNL. So I'm still kind of like, no, I'm about to, why would I go to Disney? You know what I mean? And so then I heard that it was a 26 episode season. And then what they quote, and what the quote was, and I was Uh like, yeah, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this money. You know what I mean? But then I met China and all them and kids, you know, they come up to you. She knew me, bruh. Like, what was crazy was China and my son, uh, Carlon Jeffrey, they was like, we love you on Comic View. Like, you're the shit. And I was yeah. like, they didn't say shit about SNL. They didn't say nothing mm-hmm. about nothing. They said Comic View. And I was just like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to be right back, y'all. Man, I went to the car to go learn, I got, you know, learn them lines because mm-hmm. I was literally going in to tank that audition because ego-wise, I was like, I'm not about to be Rondell Sheridan. I'm not about to be the Disney dad. It's yeah. too soon. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, shout out to... Ant Farm, Disney Channel. We on Disney Plus now. <laughs> yeah. Work is work. <laughs> work is That's work. the thing. You don't know where one show's going to lead to the next or yeah. just one good audition where you wasn't right for that. Pre-COVID, bro, I'm sitting up here, and I was really discouraged like a lot of you know the comics and actors. Just think about the male actors that you haven't seen. Comics get a unique shot because we can create our own fan base more so... And then we can say, this is our story, and then this is my point of view, da-da-da. An actor? I mean, all right, we need black, 35 to 45 African-American. It's a gazillion to choose from, bro. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But uh, So when they come for comedy, we got that extra, that extra shot. And when you, like, think something going to happen, and it don't happen, and then you're like, okay, now we got COVID. Well, we, well COVID wasn't there yet, but it was literally going into Christmas, and I was just like, hmm. I don't think I auditioned for pilots last year. Like, I, I, something is wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now you start looking at who you're going to blame shit on because shit ain't, you know, popping on the TV side or whatever. And then I go in for that uh, Fox audition, um, Outmatched, with Jason Biggs, and ended up getting that shit. Like, somebody called me on a Saturday morning, casting director, and everybody called me, the whole team. You got it, Finesse. And I was just like, holy shit. Because God know, right when you're about to quit, he'd be like, don't do that. Here you yeah. Go. Drink some water. What what uh you got any like the the best is the the bad audition stories? What's your worst? That audition. Shut. It can't be the worst. You got the part. Now check this out. That audition, I was so unprepared 
that I went in there and I literally winged it. Like, you know, I was looking at the thing, but I'm one of those people that when I audition, I'm going to make up my shit too. But that's, that's stand-up. That's the stand-up <laughs> right. in us, though. Because we're like this. There's no way a writer is funnier than me. Right. Like, I can see something make it funny. Which comics out there, that is not the right thing to do. That's the conceited it's very, comedian. It's very disrespectful in the room to the writer when you change the entire... And your shit is funnier? Mm-hmm. I had one dude tell me, he was like, that was hysterical. Wow. Now, uh, <laughs> let's do what's on the page. <laughs> that was hysterical. That was wow. Great. Wow. <laughs> now, let's do what I wrote. Yeah. You know? And so uh, it was, it was kind of one of those. And uh, the casting director was like, Finesse, I'm going to be honest with you. I think you got a shot at this. I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, but I can't turn that in. Please go learn this and come back. And I was like, all right, give me like 15 minutes. So I went outside and freaking learned it and went back in there. And it was so in the front of my forehead that when we auditioned it, when I, I just, I had him in stitches, but I used homie's words. And as soon as he said, cut, we got it. When I tell you that all that shit left my brain, wow. you, know how you, you know how you learn something and it's just yeah. right here and you got to get it out. I learned it. It's right here. I know how to respond. Let's go. And then uh, right when uh, he said, we got it. He said, you want to clean something up? I was like, man, I can't say that shit again. Um, mm-hmm. That shit is gone out of my head. And um, that was the audition. And then when I got called in to do, and then I got called a test. And so when I was opposite of Tisha Campbell, um, who played my wife on the show, that was a dream. You know what I mean? Because what's so funny about that story is watching her and seeing her walk in the room and then her saying, yep, Finesse, are you ready? We ain't, we wasn't really never chummy like that. So this is me like, what's up, Gina? You know what yeah. I mean? I still wanted to have that moment. Yeah. And she, she was like, fool, read the damn yeah. <laughs> read the damn audition. And man, we just started cracking up, going back and forth, and we had them in stitches. And she, afterwards, she was like, you the only dude that brought comedy out of me. Like, I, I hope you mm-hmm. get it, Finesse. That was impressive. Mm-hmm. And I heard a lot of great stuff about you. I ended up getting that job, bro. But um, so I called my brother, right? And I was like, yo, Chris, I'm about to be playing opposite of Tisha Campbell. She's going to be my wife on Fox. And he was like, word. You know, Gina, he was like, yeah, Gina, yeah, word, yeah, cool, that's cool. So she was with Martin, right? And I was like, yeah, she was on Martin's show, yeah. Then she and then she was with uh, Damon Wayans, right? Yeah, 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 Martin and Damon Wayans, man, they they pretty good. Yeah, I was like, yeah. He was like, mm-hmm. good luck. Good luck. I just think <laughs> the same thing. He said, good luck. Follow that shit. They know, we know she know what she doing. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> and so, She was yeah. with Martin all the way through his emotional yeah. Tirades too. You know when you got an ensemble of four and it's like the honeymooners. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Everybody got to be strong. So there wasn't really a time when you was like cold and make me laugh. Tommy didn't make me laugh. Tashina didn't make me laugh. Tisha didn't make me laugh. Martin had a small cast and they brought it week after week. And sometimes in that Tyler Perry, I heard type of style where the, the shows were being run off kind of quick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So. You know, I was I was definitely amped to meet her, and now we become good friends. But that's the thing about sitcoms too is like, I, everyone I know in in, in our age, uh, we can tell you my I can tell you my favorite Martin episode. Mm-hmm. I can tell you my favorite Fresh Prince episode. Mm-hmm. I can tell you my How favorite Jamie Foxx. How come my daddy Fox. don't want me, man? Oh, everybody, I cried. <laughs> no, you don't even know. Dude, when I say cry, cry, <laughs> I was renting a room. I was in the military. Renting a room from this person, and I was just thinking, nobody better walk in this fucking house right now, man. <laughs> I was like, I was all by myself, didn't know what the episode was about. I was just right. like, what, what the right. fuck? It was, and it came on right before Monday Night Football. 
Because I remember I turned it on to mm-hmm. before Monday Night Football came on. Mm-hmm. I remember just, you what know are, how you're trying to shake it off? One of the most powerful episodes. You know, that and Good Times and James dying, where you just have that emotional reaction, depending on how old you are, different strokes when Arnold got kidnapped. You know what I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, go, I go way What about Webster? Webster, because I cried about five Webster episodes. <laughs> Good Lord, that kid. I love, I freaking love comedy sitcoms, if they're funny, but I definitely love it when they can tell a dope-ass story and everybody's right there. It's believable, and you in tears. You but know what I mean? I got a little sidetracked, but I was trying to get it like, back in those days, we mm-hmm. all knew those sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Nowadays... I can't tell you like my favorite Carmichael show episode right. or when Lil Rel had a show because we're just not watching sitcoms like we used to. Right. I'm sure, just like everything, there's going to be something that comes along right. that's going to catch the country's attention again. Just like, you know, This Is Us came along a few years ago and everybody mm-hmm. just gravitated to it. I auditioned for that. Oh, really? I was auditioning, what was his name, Donald K. Sterling, something mm-hmm. like that. I auditioned for that. They brought me back in. I'm like, okay. And at the time... I didn't see nothing funny in the script, so I was challenged by the whole, oh, okay, I'm about to get down. It's just some serious shit. And, uh, yeah, I did not get that job. Mm. I just want to throw that I don't know there. why they picked him. He's terrible in it. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, what was that? Every now and then. Every time I watch it, I'm like, you know this what? guy's terrible. You know what's so funny? Like, I hate it when he's like, like telling the story and he's laughing, and then he hangs up the phone because he got bad news, and then tears just drip like automatically, and you're like... He's 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 so not good at this. No, I don't like it when he's running the treadmill. He's so out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> so many things. I don't I don't like his hairline. I don't like the do rag he wears because the waves are just like perfect. Such a hack. Such a hack. That guy, terrible actor. And then put him in Black Panther. <laughs> that was stupid. Dumb. Didn't leave. Batman maybe. But maybe. Not, whoa. Didn't lend wait, nothing wait to the story. Wait a fucking step on a limb. Black guy in Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> you ever, you ever audition for something and then somebody gets it and you really be watching it like, what the fuck? Sometimes you'll see shit like, okay, that motherfucker brought it. But yeah. other times you'll be like this. Yeah. You want me to tell you what? I'll ask you yours. I'll, I'll be vain and give you mine first. The one part to this day when I watched, I'm like, they fucked up was Barbershop. Because mm. mm-hmm. D Ray was calling me, saying, mm-hmm. like, yo, this movie is a white barber. Could not get in the room. Wow. Could not get you know, I didn't have the right agent mm-hmm. or manager at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had the whole script, read it, memorized it, was ready to went and got an acting coach for that part. So if I got the call, right. I was ready. Right. And like you said, I was sticking to the lines. <laughs> I had a few ad libs right in the pocket. Cause you know, that, that's my lane mm-hmm. pretty much. Never got the audition. When I tell you, right. <laughs> when I went and saw a barbershop, right. as soon as I saw the guy walk out, Troy Gator, he, he did do a good job, but I was just like, oh. And I'm watching, and Kenny was looking at him. She goes, what are you doing? I was mouthing my ad-libs uh-huh. during the movie. When he was like, yeah, you're my big white dick. Dude, I was like, no, he should have put more emphasis on the dick. <laughs> <laughs> you my vibe, right. you ain't fly as me, my big white. He's supposed to dip his head with a dick. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was just watching it going, oh, those motherfuckers. And then when it went, uh-huh. to, TV, it went to a TV show years mm-hmm. later that didn't last that long, mm-hmm. even then when I went and auditioned, I was just like, I wasn't into it. I didn't give a good audition. I think uh, when you see that, because I see that all the time, you know, and you, you brought up Tone Bell. We're, we're, we're talking to each other because uh, he said, you know what? 
if I know Finesse Mitchell is on the show and or something like I know I'm I'm you know my shot is good and I'm like bro I swear to God I go into these auditions and if I don't hear them on the other side of that wall talking about does anybody have Tone Bell's number? Like I'm like yo, <laughs> are you guys up for the same parts? A lot, a lot of, of times, times you go out for the same parts, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my nemesis and he doesn't notice back in the I mean not even back in the day but he doesn't notice but it's Damon Junior, you yeah. know Damon Junior. His picture is on the wall, and you're reading for that same character. So you're like, so he didn't agree yet? He sucks. Why, why am I here? He sucks also. <laughs> like, I, I bring guests on, just, just bag on everybody. I hate that guy. The whole family. Oh, whole family, man. Bunch of so overrated. fucking. Overrated wins. Keenan and everybody else. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Definitely just kidding. Yeah. Oh, you put a disclaimer for De- that. Definitely just, just kidding. Just kidding, guys. I remember when Terrence J. had went on social media, and he was having that beef with Marlon. The and, fakest beef I've ever seen in my life. Well, I text Marlon. I said, uh, is he kidding? Yeah, yeah, he kidding. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. yeah, I knew that immediately. I was like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. You know who thought was a real beef? Everybody thought me and Michael Blackson had a real beef oh, on okay. Instagram. Instagram. Because I went on mm-hmm. The Breakfast Club as Takashi 69 mm-hmm. make up out. I saw it. And I said... Oh, Michael Black's is terrible. He's got Muttasucker. That's it. What else has he got? Right. You know, he's one trick pony. So then I knew Mike would respond. <laughs> right. I fucking knew it. And he, <laughs> two days later, Mike responds, and we're, we're texting each other. Right. Like, hey, say this. I'm going to say this and say this and I'll say uh, this. And it was funny watching idiots on social media doesn't realize it. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, yo, Michael was killing Gary yesterday. I go, right. I gave him the joke <laughs> that you said he right. killed me with. Right. You're a good writer, man. Um, we were we we I was down in Miami roasting somebody. Me, Chris Spencer. Oh, I and, wrote for Roxy. And Diaz? you wrote for Roxy. Yeah. And and so we killed her, bro. Like you know, she had on this dress that was easy to make fun of. Mm-hmm. Dope dress, but very easy to. Yeah. Just kill it. And 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 we were killing everybody. Me and Chris Spencer were just killing everybody. And she got up there, bro. And you know how you're like, I'm going to take it easy, so I'm going to hit her twice. I was a proud dad. I was a proud dad. I'm going to hit her twice, and then I'm going to keep it moving. Yeah. But I'm going to hit her, just let her know that, you know, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Big, big league, you know, as far as that roasting shit. Bro, she brought it. Me and Chris was looking at each other like, we are such idiots. Because she <laughs> tore our ass up. <laughs> and then afterwards, she was like, yeah, Gary Owen wrote that shit. Yeah. Did she tell you, um, the SNL woman, she told me who else was on it. And I said, who else is on it? I said, Roxy, the thing about a roast. Can't take any of it personal. Mm-hmm. And she's not. Roxy's like a dude. Like mm-hmm. her mentality's like a dude. And then she all I said, you have to do the eight mile thing. Mm-hmm. Address the elephant in the room. So when she said, I said, Will you talk about Eddie Murphy? And mm-hmm. S, you know, you slept with him? She goes, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. I go, perfect. I right. said, just go up finesse and say, you got more out of SNL than he did. <laughs> and you weren't even on the show. <laughs> she said something, bro. That made me sit there. You know how you grab the edge of the couch and <laughs> people looking at you like, ha, ha, this bitch here. Yeah. That was that was no, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was DJ Irie, right? Mm-hmm. Was it a yeah. roast for him? Yeah, man. Yeah, and uh, I, because I remember when um when she called me, texted me. I was like, I was like on pins and needles, like God, mm-hmm. oh, she did well, she did well. And I remember, no, Irie texts me. Mm-hmm. He goes, you motherfucker. Yeah. He goes, everybody's looking around like, how did Roxy come up with this shit? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. She slayed it. So yeah, man, as they say, you know. And you, um, what years, a lot of people know you play football at University of Miami. What years were you there? You know, I appreciate that lackluster intro you gave me, but uh, I was there from 90, 90 to 94. Those are glory years. Glory years, bro. 
I mean, at the time when you're looking at Warren Sapp and Ray Lewis, and, you know, you're saying, yeah, these guys are special, but you're not saying, you know, oh, they're going to be the mega stars that they are. But it's something, it was fu- something funny about being, I was from Atlanta, and I had told uh, one of my best friends, frat brother, what's up to the noobs, uh, Jeff Ward, I said, because he was uh, the which manager ones, of the show. that? Kappa, Kappa Alpha Psi. Which the red and white. Red and white. The canes. I need the colors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's at HPC right now. I'm getting she? to know. She's okay. at North Carolina A&T. Oh, dope. Yeah. Drumline. Um, when, when, what was I talking about just now? Miami. Yeah, yeah. When, I, when, I saw, yeah when, I, when I saw, uh, I literally said to myself in the locker room, because my freshman year, I had saw talent that I was just like, oh, okay. Are we bred differently, like in Atlanta? Because these guys, you know what I mean? If they won running four threes or just whatever, it was just some massive dudes. So Leon Searcy, who played for the Pittsburgh yeah. still off of, Yeah, man. So it was like my freshman year, his senior year, I was a corner, I was a strong safety at the time. You know how sometimes on those run plays, the guard or the tackle pulls around to the other side? Mm-hmm. And you see the running back coming at you, and you got a clean shot, and then you look at the last minute, and the offensive tackle is like, boom. And, bro, you know how, like. I'm shaking my head, yeah, like I know. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me a lot. You remember, the, you remember Vin <laughs> Diesel? What was that Vin Diesel? Not Pitch Black, but the one after Pitch Black where the, uh, the Judy Dench was in it, and she was a, a, a wind walker or whatever. But I, the, see, I didn't see that movie. Uh, Vin Diesel in the Pitch Black I know series. Vin Diesel. I don't think I saw the Pitch Black. Oh, but anyway. The second one. The second one, man. And anyway, the, this dude had the power. Like, he could leave his body, but run to the <laughs> other side, and it takes a while for the body to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those things. I saw him and immediately took off running. Feet was planted, man. That dude came and just left my shoulder on, on the field. And I'm literally laying there. And at the time, everybody on the team walked further up the field. Nobody moved me. They just was just like, yeah, okay, leave it. And, and they just went further up the field and continued practice. And I'm sitting there looking around like, yo, I can't, yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't move. Get up. I can't move. I'm not staying here because I want to. Somebody help me. And they freaking put their foot up under my chi- up under my armpit and pulled my arm back out and popped it back in. And then I was like, but I say all that to say, very talented guys. Who, who was the head coach back then? Dennis, Dennis Erickson. Dennis Erickson, that's right. Yeah, we won in 91. Miami is one of those teams where you feel like they're supposed to win in 90, 91, 92. You know what I mean? Like, so many championships, in my opinion. Ohio State, you motherfucker. Are you Ohio State friend? Mm-hmm. You been at Fiesta Bowl? That, that, that penalty? 2002. Yeah, that penalty at the last. Well, let me tell you about that game. Call into pass interference. It wasn't a pass interference. That I'm, came I'm out. an Ohio State fan, but okay. it wasn't. Yeah. But, I was at the Tampa Improv, mm-hmm. and we timed it so mm-hmm. I could see the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, okay, we can't cancel the show, but we can hold it. I know it was going to go into fucking overtime. Right. So I was like, <laughs> all right, we're going to start about 15 minutes late, and then we're going to do this. I want the feature to go a little long mm-hmm. and everything else. It was perfect. I got, it was timed up to see the whole second half. Mm-hmm. So we get done with the first show. I'll never forget, I walked on stage, I saw the first series for Ohio State in Miami, mm-hmm. and I go, oh shit, there's not that big of a speed difference, because right. that, that was the thing, Miami was supposed to be so much faster than Ohio State, and I was right. like, well, they, they're kind of just as fast as Miami. Right. So then I was like, I got off, it was halftime, it was close, I go, oh fuck, it's a game. Mm-hmm. And then, whole second half, and I go, you can't go to overtime? You yeah. can't go to-. And everything. give it up for Gary Owen, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? 
fuck, man. Uh, that's what I hate. I hate freaking performing as something dope on TV. You know what I mean? Well, I remember you were opening up for me at the Miami Improv, mm -hmm. and the Lakers were playing the Kings back in the NBA final okay. days. And I just remember you and I think Malik S, mm -hmm. who works with Cedric. I think mm -hmm. looking back on it, it's actually a very strong show. Um, I think he was hosting, he uh -huh. was featuring, I was headlining that weekend. And uh, I just remember you guys were so fucking loud in the <laughs> lobby because the, the game was so right. good. And I'm on stage and all I hear is, oh, <laughs> oh, and I'm like this, what the fuck, man? <laughs> For so. You guys Miami, are so loud. Man, Miami, one of them cities, bro. Like, that's where I came up. I started in Miami, Miami Coconut Grove Improv. The, when Mar it was Marvin, upstairs. Marvin Dixon. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the, was that the Tuesday night yeah. with the Urban Night? Yeah. Black Night? Black Night. And uh, that's where I made my bones, man. Going in between Miami Improv, Fort Lauderdale Improv, West Palm Beach Improv, Peppermints, uh, Crystals, all these different Because like, you remember it used to Studio be. Studio 183. Remember Miami it used to be Tuesday night was the improv and then mm -hmm. Wednesday was West Palm. Mm -hmm. You got to make that drive. Mm -hmm. And then there at one point there was another like not great room. It was a decent paycheck, but it was like at live or some shit down on South Beach. Some club that they was doing comedy. They were doing on, like, comedy out of Lutz Club at one at one point. There was Fifth Street. There was uh Okay, so you, just, so you know when you're going over the bridge, mm -hmm. you're leaving downtown, you're going to the bridge, you're heading to South Beach. Boom, right there. And on the, the club left. stood right there on the left. That's Luke's. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Probably one called Luke's. You know. No, no, no. It wasn't called Luke's. But I remember they, they sent me an offer one time, and I remember somebody telling me, you don't want to do that shit. Right. I go, I was always fine in the clubs that said, you don't want to do that shit. Right. I could get over. I was like, eh, I'll still make it. Right. Because did you do a lot of stand up in Atlanta coming up? Uh, yeah. But I started in Miami. And once I got funny because Miami had that circuit you just talked about. Mm -hmm. where every, so I got to meet everybody, got to know everybody. But I was that dude in the crowd at all the shows saying, I'm going to do this. You know how you look back on yourself and say, damn, I can't believe I was that dude. But I would literally walk up to people like, that was great. I'm going to start comedy one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, cool, cool, man. All right, cool. What's your name? Finesse. Yeah, don't do not do that. Don't say that. <laughs> but yeah, man, next thing I know, when I was ready to move back home to Atlanta, you know, I got a job at Allstate Insurance and then uh, started doing comedy, you know, at night. Was you doing, like, Uptown Comedy Club? Mm-hmm. I was doing Uptown for a little bit, but I wasn't really getting a lot of love at Uptown. Plus, it was, you know, every comic in Atlanta was at Uptown. Mm -hmm. but and, and the CD player better work. Yeah, you know, it's it so many things that could go wrong at Uptown. But that was <laughs> I remember the club. Once I was at Uptown, <laughs> so and it was things. like their Sunday night was their open mic night that they kept the headliner. Right. And you got to go through, like, 30 people. 30. I sat there in the back of the room, and I'm not. If there was 30 acts before me, right. 28 did music bits, <laughs> right. like long music bits. Right. Not like it was like you remember this, remember this. <laughs> if a bitch does this, it's not like this. <laughs> Holy fuck! I don't know if I should think the comic or the D. When I went right. up on stage, I go, uh, "Give it up for the DJ because right. he's the most valuable." That dude on the has worked night. harder than everybody. He's still there, like uh, DJ Ant or something like that. He's something still like there, that. yeah, because he moved At the over. New Uptown now. Yeah, well, yeah, new Uptown, yeah, yeah. They definitely got a new one now. Now there's an Atlanta Comedy Theater, mm -hmm. and then there's Uptown. That Sunday, the f you could tell the people, the, the headliners who came in who didn't know, because mm -hmm. they literally looked like 
dog, you ain't putting all these people on. And oh yeah, it's about twenty comics about to go on, and then the headliner. And the vibe was different. I can't explain it. <laughs> and and, and it's not Thursday. your show. Yeah, it's not your show. From a, it's not the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, it's those a different crowds were crowd. Fire, and then Sunday you're yeah. like, wait a minute. The, I, I would I watched and learned, mm-hmm. but I remember thinking, well, cheat not cheating, but people warned me. Mm-hmm. Hey, yo, Sunday different. Right. So just keep it dick pussy fuck. Right. Basically. Thursday through Saturday is Black Night. Sunday is still black, but... <laughs> no, I'll be like this. Sunday is no W-2s. <laughs> right. That's a good that one. cash That's only. Right. Cash only. That's funny as shit. There's no W-2s. Sunday night was no... No, I IRS. No I never heard night. of them. Never <laughs> right. paid taxes. Right. That's your Bentley? What you do? Yep. I'm a barber. Yeah. All y'all cut here? <laughs> All of you. Right? Everybody doing this good, huh? All yeah. right. Cool. Everybody faded. Everybody. <laughs> Stay faded up. Yeah, I'm a barber. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll never forget those. Did you ever do uh, Bruce Bruce had a uh, 559? Five, yeah, I did 559. Five, I never got to do that. I always wanted to, like, just for the experience. Just like I want to do the Apollo. This is my 559 bomb story. Because everybody had got one. Everybody got one. So go, Bruce goes up and does his thing. And you just got to picture one of those low-ceiling strip plazas that should be a renter center but they put a lot of chairs in that bitch, and it is now a club. Right. Lights are out. It's glass. It's glass. All is you can see. It's just that club, and so you go up on this stage and you watching Bruce do do his thing. And in Atlanta, I'm like, I'm feeling really good. Like you know, and I and I I might say this is probably like my I'm three com- seasons of Comic View in. Like I'm good, good. Let's mm-hmm. do this. So when I saw the room, I was just like, yeah, this. Yeah, okay. Maybe I should start with this. Maybe I should. uh. So now I'm getting second guessing myself. I'm like, "Uh fuck it. I know what I'm going to say. Bruce, do his 25 minutes, then say, Y'all ready for your first comedian? First comedian at the bottom. Yeah, first. Bro, I go up there. I think they made up in their mind they were going to boo me (laughs) when they saw me coming up the steps. They weren't going to wait for no joke. (laughs) I grabbed the mic. I was like, What's up, Atlanta? How y'all doing? As a chorus, a, the whole group, the whole everybody was in on it. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? You's a bitch. You's a motherfucking bitch, man. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to call you that. <laughs> Finesse. Sorry about that. Before I could say anything, Bruce grabs the mic and says, yeah, that was Finesse Mitchell, everybody. Da, 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 you never got a word I out? I never said anything. And then he said, you had him until you said, how you doing? <laughs> hey, so let me tell you something, people. Da, 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 da. And the show just went on. And, bro, the walk just to go back down the steps, and now I'm standing in the crowd kind of like, the fuck? you know how you want to fight everybody, but you yeah. will lose? You will lose no matter who you pick. So now you're just sitting there and like, yeah, I'm just going to. And then he introduced, he introduced Tyler Craig right after me. And rest, rest in, in peace. peace. He, a, he was a flamethrower. But her, that, that's his audience. He went and he just started talking about everybody, mama. He, I mean, he just went all the way down the front row and just murdered. And it was just the funniest shit I ever heard. And then he freaking come off the stage. And then I said, damn, bro, you did that. He said, yeah, because they know I ain't lying. I know they mama for real. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the He's the guy I was shit. talking about. We talk about guys that mm-hmm. didn't get their due. Yeah. They didn't get his due. It's certain people that I feel like, you know, you can make it work out of wherever you're from. You know, uh, I hear Ali Sadiq, funniest shit I always say all the time. You know, I live in Houston. They're going to come to Houston. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of comics that will not leave where you're from. If you're in New York, Atlanta, or Houston, Chicago, yeah, I get it. If you're in Omaha, 
you might want to make some plans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And in this business, man, it's great now with social media. You really don't have to leave. They'll come and get you if your numbers are just out mm-hmm. off the charts. But in comedy, man, I had, you know, Atlanta was cool, but I'm like, I'm I'm not staying here. I'm not staying here with you guys. I want to come up with everybody because I just felt like that that group as a whole, the Uptown Comic group as a whole, we ain't rooting for each other. That's the thing. It wasn't that Atlanta was my first big road gig. Mm-hmm. Paid uh, headline was was Uptown, mm-hmm. and that was when I walked into the room the first night. Mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be hugs and what up, welcome mm-hmm. to Atlanta. Everyone just looked at me. Right. There wasn't really a hello. They just kind of right. And I remember thinking, How old were was, you back then? How huh? old were you back then? I could 20, never. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty four. Hmm. Um. I started comedy at twenty seven. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I got a lot of success early. Yeah. Like it was a year. A wow. Year in, I was. I've been doing comedy six seven months. I got the hosting job on Comedy View. Where's my close up? I thought it was so easy. I said this zoom? business is easy. Is <laughs> this an auto zoom on this thing? Look at my face. I when I tell you if you ever if BET ever mm-hmm. want to see a funny hour special, mm-hmm. show my first one. Not from the jokes, uh-huh. the timing. <laughs> I because you only they only ask you to do forty five. I think because mm-hmm. with commercials, it when I tell you I milked every joke to the last <laughs> ha, I would be like yes, yeah, so and then I said fuck you. <laughs> it had to be the then I get into the neck because literally the whole set I'm looking at the clock. Right, I'm going. You waited to the last laugh left. Yo, I was out of jokes. I'll never forget like 28 and a half minutes. I go, holy right. fuck. When I say wing the last 15, right. I did an Oscar De La Hoya joke. I still right. don't know what it is. All right. I know is I did a joke about Oscar De La Hoya, and I milked it. And I kept acting like him for some reason. And I was like, God, can this 45 just get here, man? Right. It was so slow and paced. Um, but we, we, when we was talking about Tyler... I had uh, I had Aries on a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and we're talking about people getting their due. And I told Aries, I said, "Dude, you fall for the bait a lot in these interviews, and you don't mm-hmm. want to cost yourself relationships that could get you work." Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like, and I think he he realized that. I hope I'm not speaking for a grown man, but as I was talking to him, I said, "Dude, don't take the bait sometimes when they're asking you how you feel about this person. Even if that's right. how you really feel, right? Don't because your name could be coming up, Tyler." Mm-hmm. Was always just as cool off stage, right? So nobody could say it's his character, why he didn't pop. Who knows why? I just right. that was one guy when he passed. I go fuck. Yeah, I wanted to see him headlining all the clubs and everything. I mean, he still had a good career. He made money. Let me pull respected. myself together. That was his thing. That was yeah. his thing. He tell a joke, get emotional, mm-hmm. and pull myself together. Yeah, and drink some brown liquor. You know what I mean? It's a, it, I got my favorites. I got, you know, J.J. Williams. Oh, J.J. One of my favorites. The, I don't like, I don't like being on shows with him. One of the best, bro. I don't know why uh, I don't know why Cedric tours with him. <laughs> I'm like, because every time I see Cedric and him together, I'm like, fuck, uh, Cedric's got to be on his game tonight. Yeah. I mean, just one of the best, bro. And uh, sometimes he's out here, but a lot of times he's just, you know. Mississippi. Yeah. He picked he, me he up in Jackson. Like, Did he, he came... And she goes, hey, G, you, you in town, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. He goes, what you doing? I was like, mm-hmm. it's Jackson. Nothing. Came and took me to lunch and just, you know. Today, bro, when I look back at it and I realize even like in, um, you know, you look at different people's careers and then you see the young, hot comedians coming up or whatever. And I, 
I always look at myself as, oh, yeah, I'm just getting started. 20 years in, oh, yeah, man, just getting started. I just came up with a great idea. Oh, I'm about to, you know, I'm as excited about this idea as the last idea. Oh, man, I'm about to write this. Or that. And then when a young comic come up to you at the club and be like, oh, gee, what up, baby? You out the house? <laughs> You're like, this motherfucker. Oh, gee. I hate it. I don't know when we became OGs finesse. It's the auntie of goddamn old black comics. Or how about this? Really? About- That's just like saying auntie... Oprah. Oprah, like, don't call me auntie. <laughs> you know what I mean? How about when they come up to you and be like, oh, my mama loves you. <laughs> yeah. You know who did that to me? Yeah. Fucking Desi Banks. <laughs> Put his fucking mom on the phone. <laughs> I was like, what is this shit? I saw DC Young Fly. He was like, hey! Yeah. Bro, <laughs> bro, we just watch you so much. Man, you know what I mean? And I was just like, dude, I'm a big fan. Can we? I'm like, can we take a picture? Because I'm thinking, hey, my niece fucking loves you, bro. So yeah. please, you know. It's a trade-off, man, because when you realize, oh, shit, and you're from Atlanta, and da-da-da-da. Man, did you know 20 years ago? And they'd be like, yeah, I'm 23. You're like, fuck, goddamn. Or how about <laughs> when they say, you came to my college. Yeah, And uh, yeah. They're, they're 38 with do three kids now. you still go to now. colleges? I can't, I can't I do can't, colleges. I'm out of touch. I don't do it. At last college I did, I, um, here's my thing about colleges right now. I haven't done one in probably three, four years, but mm-hmm. I have a really strong five minutes to start to mm-hmm. get them in. And I have a strong closer that mm-hmm. can pull me out of any college right. circumstance that I don't do anywhere else because I'm actually embarrassed by the closer because right. <laughs> it's so remedial right. comedy. But the other 40 right. is fluff. Yeah. I'm literally. It might as well oh. be questions and answers. I've done that before it, it, college. It, it gets to a point where it's just like, oh, I'm about to light their ass up. I have my I have dope college stories. I mean, I used to do the urban shows and I used to do the mainstream shows and I used to do these niche Saturday night live shows. And they Hi Vanessa, uh, we're looking for Tracy. Have you seen Tracy? Oh, he went down the baggage claim already. Oh, okay. Well he know what we look like? No, look for him. He'll have his shirt off. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then you walk That's on, my move. You walk into the kids, you walk with the kids to baggage claim. Tracy just got on a big medallion, no shirt. Talk about Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Don't know. Yo, finesse. They getting the bags. I'm not getting my bag. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, shit. <laughs> told you. When's the last time you did to college? It's been a while, bro. It's been like at least three years. I, I, you know, I leave money on the table only because it's not a good experience for me. And then a lot of times it's not the smash and grab no more. You you got to go to dinner with them after that. You know what I mean? You got to go to Applebee's and sit at the long table and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it my my grown man. I have kids. I have a wife. Self. It just wasn't. I didn't find no humor. I wasn't enjoying it telling a certain type of joke that was either too collegey or too pop culture for my taste to mm-hmm. perform. Let alone if they enjoying it, they kill. Oh, you killed that. That was oh. funny as shit. And then I did a college one time with Lil Duval. Mm-hmm. That's not a good idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, he had, he had the fucking hit song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going after him or before him? No, I'm him? going before him. Oh, at least you know, yeah. smart. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I definitely can survey the land and be like, uh, he can just go up there and, and just say, how y'all doing? I, my, wouldn't, yeah. I would never do a college. I'm not going to say I would never do one again. My price tag would be amazingly high. Mm. I'd rather work a club and do eight shows yeah. than do a college just for one night. Yeah. Because it's... Yeah. And, and now we're in a cancel culture thing where the kids are just looking to be offended. Because it, it's like this. The adults, With the too. black students, it's, it's, it's very, you know, rappers, fucking... Mm. And they, they, they want the vulgar shit, right? Right. 
with the the white students, when you do the mainstream rooms, there's always the group looking to get offended. So right. you really can't talk about anybody. You're like this. Got caught in the middle. When and then I don't like it how a lot of the a lot of the schools when you get there, I don't don't be cussing. Right. You'd be like, well, what if I get a heckler? Yeah. Or they, or they say, um, you know, or in before the gig, it's like in the writer or in the contract, you know, uh, clean show. And you're like, yeah. Okay, we'll see what happens. Because I have no problem doing, you know, without, cur I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. But then when you get there and they're like, oh, yeah, you can curse. You're like, you sure? Yeah. Okay, who are you? Like, what position do you play on this board? Because if you the dude that never go to the meeting, you ain't got the authority to be telling me go out there and let it all hang out, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, for real. Well, I just don't want you to bomb. You know, no, thank you. <laughs> go get somebody with a name tag or a clipboard so I can see somebody official to say it's cool to, like, do a real show. And, I, and that shit gets me more nervous heebie-jeebies than ever. Did you ever have that? Do you ever do this when you go to colleges? I had this happen one time. Where there's those schools that are notorious for having rowdy crowds and booing. So mm -hmm. I did um, Langston University in Oklahoma probably mm -hmm. eight, nine years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, the host goes, hey, man, uh, a lot of people get booed here, but they love you. You're going to be all right. But a lot of people ain't as big as you, but a lot of people get booed. And I was like, why would you tell me that right before <laughs> So he goes up as the host, and he said he hosts all the comedy shows, mm -hmm. and completely offends everybody. Right. I see all you fat, nasty bitches out there. <laughs> Dudes ain't shit. Right. And I was like this. I'm sitting there going, um, that's why everybody's getting booed, because right. of you. And right. literally brought me up. Right. After he did some music bit where he offended everybody, I let the song <laughs> play completely. I didn't walk right. out for about five minutes. Right. I said, you ain't set me up. Right. And then when I got off, I told him, I go, you, sh you shouldn't be hosting, bro. Right. I That's, said, you're you, setting it all up for failure. Sometimes so. people think hosting is the easy part, but it, you know, that ain't easy. That's like, you got to be skilled to be a host, to take somebody from one comedian to the next comedian, knowing when to take the energy and keep that energy going, or knowing, hey, let me break this up because these two acts are totally different. So let me break it up with some fluff to get ready for the new comedian to come. I mean, that shit is a skill. You just can't be like, yeah, man, I'm a host. Mm -hmm. You're going to host a show? How many minutes you do? Oh, I'm going to do a tight 15, and I might do some in between, y'all. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I ain't saying you on nothing, bro. Right. I don't think you should host. Just because you're the promoter. Don't Remember the one guy? Host. Did you ever do the, um, the guy, I don't want to give his name out, the guy that would book the show and then host it? Mm -hmm. And then would he, was, he ripped me mm -hmm. off for a couple of years. This dude. Right. I think I heard the heard thing. Yeah. I, I went two, three years doing colleges with this guy, and he didn't show up for I was wondering why he showed up for the gig, and he got the check from the school, mm -hmm. and then he paid you off his company. Mm -hmm. And then one time he didn't show up, and the dude was like going nuts, like, mm -hmm. uh, get the check, but don't open it. Just put it in the mail and send it to me. I'll pay for the FedEx. I'm like, why is he tripping? Right. right? So I asked the school. I said... I can't open anybody else's mail. So I told the school, I'll never forget, it was Louisiana Lafayette, Raging uh -huh. Cajuns. Uh -huh. I said, hey, um, can you just give me the check? I don't need the envelope. I'm going to put it in a FedEx. Right. So when they just handed me the check and I saw it, I went, this motherfucker. This motherfucker. <laughs> I was right. wondering why all my offers was the same amount. Right. Now, like, LSU was the same as San Bernardino <laughs> community. I go, this is clearly different budgets. Right, right. I was like, when I saw it, I went, Ripping me off. When I say, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. So. I never mm -hmm. get in other people's pockets, and I never, um, you know, if you take the risk, you deserve a lot of the reward. I always say, but mm -hmm. when if you're giving me what I normally get, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have an issue. I know what I'm where I'm at in my career. But when you're telling me they don't have it, right? That's and they totally clearly had it, and you're taking 
fucking 70% of the budget. <laughs> I'm like this. Right. <laughs> right. I was done with that, dude. Now, I ask this to all my guests. Finesse Mitchell, they come to you and be like, here's your movie. What, what co-star do you want? Anybody you haven't worked with that you would work with, that you want to work with, your dream. My co-star. Hey, Finesse. Yes. Got the script. It's mm-hmm. your movie. Uh, who do you want to co-star with you? You know what? I want that you Den- haven't worked with. I want Denzel to be my dad. Denzel. Yeah. Denzel He's a popular choice dad. amongst yeah. guests. Okay, I want Don Cheadle to be my cousin. I think you're the second person to say Don Cheadle. Somebody he's else a, did. He's a monster. Beast. Yeah. Denzel, would you be... Here's my thing with Denzel. I think I'd be nervous the first day on set. I don't want to fuck up my lines in front of Denzel. You know, sometimes I hear... I hear different Denzel stories. I hear the host. I hear the story. What was that? The, uh, Remember the Titans? The, the kids are in the stands. He giving the fight speech or whatever. Or the you know introduction. How this has gonna be? You know they knock on his trailer. He walk right out. They're already ready. He walks on the set. Everybody's like lined up, ready to go. He does it. He runs it. Everybody's like brilliant. And he says, "Keep it rolling." He starts over. Runs it again a different way. Keeps it rolling. Runs it one more time a different way, Dang. and then walks right back to his trailer. And I and the, and the kid that was in the who was an extra in the movie was like, "Bro, I sat there and I was like, yeah, I should be an extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I earned this spot right yeah. here. I'm, I'm, I am number thirty-two in this movie. Oh, that's I, hysterical. I do, yeah, and I, I never heard myself, that story. Yeah, it's an amazing man. story. You know what? It's people that just you know. I've worked with a couple of method people who just will not break character. I've worked with some people that I was surprised with just how dope they were. Uh, Colson Baker, MGK, dude's a dope actor. You know what I mean? You know Machine Gun Kelly? Machine Gun Kelly. He's a dope actor, bro. I didn't know it was him in that Molly Crew movie. Totally, totally. Uh, he, you know, I did roadies with him for camera, with Cameron Crowe, so I get to see him every week. Mm-hmm. So I see how he parties off camera, and I see how, he, you know, his whole life and personality, and then he goes on camera, and you're like, He's too high. This shit about to, yeah. and just like boom, 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 boom. I'm like, you know, some people are natural. You know, I feel like rappers always have an advantage a lot of times if you're a good rapper because that memorization and how you would do it is, you know, mm-hmm. used to that shit. Uh, comics, if you ad lib, since we're going to drop a couple of gems uh, on somebody else's writing, it's always best to give a lead in line. Don't do a joke at the end of the at the end of the line at yeah, the end of the do, passage you don't fuck up the because. Scene. You're going to mess up the timing, and if your person you're reading with, the casting director, is about to come back in because she's done it 32 times that day. She knows when she's supposed to start talking. Yeah. And you still talking because you got some jokes? Yeah. Don't do that. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, that's where I am in my career right now is, like, I'm, I'm extremely happy. Wife and kids, you know, and when it comes to jobs, it's like, oh, shit, okay. Work mm-hmm. is steady, you know, and then... Ely said, working with comedians, when I, when I had Michael Ely on, he said, uh, work, he, he, not prefer, not prefer, he goes, comedians, he goes, you guys are the fearless ones in this business because you'll mm-hmm. try something and really don't care if it hits or not. One, he's yeah. talking about once you're on set, not on auditions. Mm-hmm. He goes, where if I'm working with actors, I kind of know they're going to stick to the lines. Mm-hmm. He goes, but every time I got, he said, when I'm working with you or Kevin, any comedians, he's, a, he's just like, I don't know what's about to come out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. And I got I to gotta go with it. He goes, and I have to stick with them because you are you got hired. So they're right. trusting you to bring something to it. You know what we don't realize is that, say you uh, Anthony Mackey, uh, Juilliard or somewhere, and, and then the Michael Ely's. And these guys are not comics. These guys are actors. 
all their life, they know their preparation, they know how they want to do scenes, and it's they so like not 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 it's it's natural, but it's almost like a switch for them, and you know, and they're in that mode. And we're not even talking about who's higher than who yet, as far as like star this and that, mm-hmm. but we're just talking about method. And as a comic, you literally come in there like, hey, y'all, you making small talk. You don't know if this dude want to talk. He, mm-hmm. No offense. He's he's into the scene right now. He's yeah. waiting for you to start. Or you talk to this girl, hey, girl, you looking good. Da, 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 y'all hugging. So kind of learn everybody on the set and what they're doing. But then if y'all do a rehearsal before that set, before that scene, and then you don't do it the way you just did it in that rehearsal, mm-hmm. they kind of look at you like, and they look at the director, and they look back at you, and they say, "Oh, okay. I didn't know he was going. I didn't know he was going to do that. I didn't know he was going to do it. Yeah, let's do it again." But they looking like, "Talk to your boy. <laughs> Talk to your comedian, man. Come get him. You know what I mean? Because they know how they want to look and how they want to sound. And if you do anything scene stealing and or shake them a little bit, like mm-hmm. that's not how I was going to respond because this will be the wrong facial expression if you do that line. You know what mm-hmm. I mean?" They they want a heads up, and if not, you know you you got to be one of them comics that's just like the best way to do it on set is say, hey, can I pitch something to you? Yeah, always, always, always got to go to the director too. Like, can I try something? Can I try something? Can I pitch? I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do be, the lines. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do yeah. a couple takes the way you want it. Yeah, but I always ask like, can I? I got something I think will work. Did I mean obviously I think like a man too. Mm-hmm. I begged mm-hmm. to do that Ray Lewis phone scene. That wasn't mm-hmm. in the script. And they okay. go, we, we need something where you're the dad mm-hmm. and you're showing you're the dad to your son. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. And so Tim was like, what, you got anything? And I go, ah, let me think of something. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I go, hey, I do a Prego Ray Lewis impersonation. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was like, what? Literally, I'm in the van mm-hmm. getting ready to go home. And they say, Gary and Will and Tim. And everybody was gone. Mm-hmm. Nobody was there that when I did that. <laughs> right. And they go, hey, get on the phone and talk to your son. You want to do that? Ray Lewis. I said, all right. Bet. Fucker made the movie, the whole thing. Yeah. That was great. I was on the van. They called me out. They'll like, do it real quick. I like it when you do something and you're like, that's dope. I killed it. Because I hear this all the time from comics. Killed it. And then when you watch the movie, you like, why y'all leave that on the yeah, floor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I told everybody that was about to like, why you leave? Hey man, so yeah. It's, it's, it's dope when people leave and they're like, yo, you want, you want to do that thing? Let's give them tape. Because mm-hmm. that's them saying, let us get it. Let us show them to them. Let us mm-hmm. show it to them. Because they're probably going to say, time and money? No, we ain't got time to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, man. I remember, we'll give me a pound. That, that's let me know I, I, it was all right. Because I got done, did it, and I'm walking <clears> off, and we'll just went. That's all I needed. I'm super nervous on this show called Roadies. All white cast. I'm the black accountant. Oh, welcome a, to my world. Yeah. Finesse. <laughs> all, all, all white cast. <laughs> I'm an accountant of a, of, a, our turn, of a rock band. And so when, when Cameron Crow casted me, I said, uh, and now we're in Vancouver. And I said, yo, man, now that I'm here and I'm seeing everybody, like, would a black accountant, would they trust a black accountant with their road money? Like, and he was like, I don't know. Make us believe that. And he kept walking. And I was just mm. like. Oh, shit. Okay. How cool. about that, Cameron? Yeah, all right. Gotcha. And ever since then, I was like, hey, man, are you squared up? Because that's all they care about. Did we hear you? Did you say the, the line? Like, mm-hmm. this, cool. We got it. <claps> Moving on. Finesse. Brilliant. So, man, my first, like, real, sp- my first scene scene passage, like, that long. So they literally, like, earn your paycheck. Like, mm-hmm. let, let, okay, you're here. Can you act? Here's your, here's, and you're like, hey, ain't nobody going to break this up. You just want me to run it all? Okay, cool. 
So, of course, you know, they like, they expect it to be like, okay, he got here. We'll start from here. Keep going. Da, da. Bro, I came out there, sat down. I'm the accountant. They come to me. They talk to me about money. I'm just like, run that shit all the way down. Done. They said, okay. They come back on set. Cameron has his notes. People are taking up, talking, da, 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 da. And the head of photography comes up to me. And this dude was, you know, known, revered in the, he's in, in the industry. He's, he comes up to me. And he just goes. And when he did that, you could see everybody on the set was like, oh, yeah. So then after that was like, Finesse, did you want a um, burrito or so, or chicken huh. sticks or salad? What do you want? You know, it's just like yeah. totally different vibe. And I'm like, oh, OK. Because yeah. at first people were literally like, hmm, let's yeah, see what he can do. And when this dude who was like, he, we didn't shoot unless he said, OK, it's cool to shoot. Mm. And he came up to me on that set and just put his fist out. I was like, mm. and he was, where can we watch roadies right now? It's on Showtime, Showtime On Demand. I mean, it was on Showtime At Demand. Uh, right. You know, that ran a season. I've done a lot of shows, bro, that run that runs one season. I said. Yeah. Can't, uh, <laughs> Finesse is that guy. He's on that show. What? What? Mm. Um, you got any road dates you want to pump? You got any road dates coming up? Strangely enough, Toledo. I'm, I'm just there for New Year's. I'm stuck. How was it? It's dope. Toledo, you know, Ohio's dope. Yeah. They come out. Toledo. Your boy is coming back. The prodigal son. Because I literally have not played Toledo in like four years. I got mad. I got mad at the whole Toledo crew. I was just like, I ain't, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. And so then I got over it, and then it was like, hey, you want to go to Toledo? And my agent knows. I'm like, uh. I mean, I'm like, yeah. So I'm coming back. Perrysburg, I believe it's called. Yeah. And uh, I actually love the club, love the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, now yeah, get- they'll get my first post-COVID show. The restaurant right underneath it now is called Benchmark. Mm-hmm. Fucking food's amazing. Yeah. The food was amazing in the whole building. Even the comedy club, the whatever, the funny bone, like I couldn't resist the gumbo or the cornbread. It wasn't well, real now, gumbo. They don't have as much now because it's fat. It was a fat fish blue. Yeah, and that fat closed, fish that's, blue. Yeah, that's gone. They still have a great menu. Uh-huh. The chefs are still dope. Mm-hmm. They got gumbo at Benchmark. It's pretty Toledo good. Valentine's Day weekend. So mm-hmm. y'all got to get this out for Valentine's Day. Yeah, for Valentine's Day weekend, man, I'll be in Toledo. Cool. Finesse Mitchell returns, and then other than that, uh. Hopefully you can come on my podcast. Yeah, for sure. Got to return the favor. Understand this, and uh, it's called Understand This. It's me, and I'm on show 20. All right, man. You know, I appreciate coming I appreciate on, Mr. Watch you, Roadies. Brother. And yeah. I'm just gonna look what? up any show on, on. Yeah, just, just, yeah, man. And find you. Uh, <laughs> the new show is called They Call uh, Call Her Call Her Cat <laughs> Call Her Cat on Fox, and that's on. Uh, I'm not good at this, but yeah. So Mayim, we'll find you. Yeah, Mayim and. Carla Pratt. And, right. and, and, and <laughs> Bunch of no names. Never heard Leslie, of them. Leslie Jordan. And, Never heard of him? Yeah, yeah. Or her. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's on Fox. <laughs> call, call me Cat. From All right, man. The girl from Blossom. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks, Finesse. Peace. And strong. <laughs>